This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. Now back to Riffin' with Raph and AD on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back. Riffin with Raph and AD. We have Cluster Johnson on the line. Cluster, I got a question for you again. My next question yes, I sir. have for you, who is the toughest defensive back that you went up against? Were there any guys that you were just like, you came out and you're like, yeah, probably not going to be getting by this guy today? <laughs> Did you – so are you saying uh... – Playing against them or on my team? Uh, let's do both, playing against and on your team. Oh, man, I was just trying to think. Playing against, man, I, I just – so the crazy thing is we, we have this uh, – yeah, a, a play-action offense, so a lot of times we were in man coverage, and um, it was it was almost like – the mentality of our opponent was obviously stop the run. So we we were a lot of times a secondary thought. You know, we, we would be an afterthought. So a lot of times when you go back and look at a lot of our past plays, I mean, we're wide open. So <laughs> <laughs> Because, um, you know, they're trying to come up and stop the run most of the time. But I remember, you know, obviously the Colorado games were always very spirited, uh, very physical. Um, you know, even though we would beat them, they were they were still very physical, very very mouthy, and uh, very competitive. And um, so I would say Colorado, but I clearly remember we played Washington State and Lincoln, and that was our closest game in '95. I mean, I think we only beat them by maybe 14, but. They were extremely physical, so I would say it from I would say it from a physicality standpoint. Uh, Washington State was probably number one, and um, Colorado would be number two. If you go back and watch the Washington State game, I got hit three times. Like I never got hit that hard in my whole career, and I got hit three times that game. Where I'm like, they are not playing. <laughs> there was three times I got hit in that game. I ran two reverses and I caught a and I caught a pass. And every single time, it was a it was a very hard hit. Um, now playing against, uh, I would say Baron Miles was probably the most savvy. Yeah. Um, of of the of the corners, I mean he just. He just knew how to anticipate very well, so you have to be very good with your body and, you know, just not let a quarterback look bad by getting it picked off because he's just going to be 
he's going to go where you're going. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he just knew. <laughs> he was crafty. <laughs> he, just knew, he knew our past patterns like, yeah. like it wasn't uh, – I mean, like he was in the, in the room with us, you know, going over the plays. And he, he also played that way. So, I mean, Barron was just one of those guys who was very savvy. And uh, another guy probably, you know, again, when it comes to physical, uh, Toby Wright. You know, Toby was just very physical. You, you didn't want to – you, you want to keep your head on a swivel when you're out there playing against him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The guys you mentioned, I mean, just were they were just uh, killers on the field. You know, Tyron Williams was a – he was like a tech – uh, a tactical boxer. You know, Tyrone was very right. methodical how he covered you. Baron would take more chances and be like a yes. cat, where Toby, he would do both and it just hit you in the mouth at the same time, you know. Yes. So he was right. like a, a, a all of them combined. Cluster, two more. I got to think. I want you to think about this. Talk about where you were head hunting. I want you to talk a little bit before we get to the next question. How fierce back in your scout team days with me before you left me down there and uh, you <laughs> continued on to progress up the depth chart. Uh <laughs> But remember before we played that Colorado game where they had Rashawn Salam, may rest in peace. They had Michael Westbrook, and they had um, uh, Cordell Stewart as a quarterback. Remember the scout team? We came in with the Colorado decals on our scout team helmets and the black tights. Tell the audience how ferocious that week of practice was and how many fights and brawls there were. You know, I remember, I would say, probably before those guys because – I ended up obviously playing right. in that '94 game. Yes. You, know, I, 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 you know, I was I was now a, a part of the offense. Yes, I remember doing that because we we started to do that every year to get them hyped, to piss them off. So, coach let us put black tights. I mean, I remember putting black tights over my white pants mm-hmm. and putting Colorado decals, and we looked like Colorado out there. And I'm gonna tell you, it it got very contentious that practice because. <laughs> They no longer viewed us as teammates. Nope. You know, they they viewed us as the opposition, and, and it and it got it would get ugly in practice a lot. I mean, a lot of late hitting, a lot of throwing guys down after the play, uh, just just a lot of, you know, it just got you ready and it got you hyped. And and I think that the guys, those first team guys, they really appreciated. That's right. That feeling, you know, they appreciated us bringing that energy to them, you know, even though. You wouldn't have thought so. I just remember those guys talking to us. Um, I, I talked to a few of those guys like, man, that was pretty hype that y'all did that, that y'all mm-hmm. came out there looking like that. And, uh, man, those were some fun times. But, man, well, that got you ready. It got man, you it ready. It got you ready to, to uh, go into combat. It did. It did. So, yeah. Cluster, let's segue here a little bit. You raised, you know – Raised, you know, some amazing kids. And, and to our listeners out there, Cluster's boys literally grew up with my boys. I mean, look at his boys like my godsons. Yeah. And I know it's vice versa. And it's it's a blessing to see how tight they are still to this day as men. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah. they're different endeavors and uh, journeys through life. You know, C.J., Cade, and Keegan, I mean, here are three outstanding football players. What was some of the advice that how, – how delicate was it that you have to tread when it you didn't want it to be – you didn't want to overcoach. You didn't want to overparent. You didn't want to under. How was that balance of just saying because you played the position that all three of them play at a very high level? How yeah. did you balance of just the advice you gave them, the mentoring again, if you would? How did you balance that out to out overstepping them, saying, "Oh, here's Pop's talking again about when he played." Yeah. But how did you do that? Because you, you did. First of all, you did a heck of a job because those are standing young men. How did you balance that? 
Well, um, man, another great question by yourself, A.D. Again, I'll, uh, I'll say it again that uh, the Davis family played an integral part in my boys having a, a, another uh, a great set of, of people to lean on, to be around, to be good influences. So, you know, on radio here, I want to thank you for that, Aaron, because my boys obviously respect you very highly. Um, and vice so versa. As far as my, I appreciate it, As brother. far as myself and how, what I did was the number one thing is what I tell parents when people ask me that, because I do get that question. I've gotten that question enough over the years. Like, man, how did you do that? Well, I would just say this. If you're raising your kids to be D1 athletes, I feel sorry for the kids. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say that right there. Mm-hmm. Because there's just no way you're going to be able to do that and, and have it go smoothly, and 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 then the kids are going to love it. So it's just not going to happen that way. So for me, my mentality was I just want to make sure the kids have fun first, especially as as young kids. If you're treating little kids, you know, sixth grade, you know, from kindergarten up to sixth, whenever they started, if you're treating them like, it's the national championship <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and everything is on the line. They got to win this. Then I, you're fooling yourself. And I feel bad for the kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. The number one thing I feel for when, you, when you're coaching these young kids, just make sure they have the love of the game mm-hmm. and that they enjoy being out there first. That's okay. Point. Yeah. Not all kids are going to develop into these great athletes. Right. And, I know today as parents, everybody thinks that they got the greatest. <laughs> you know, it's just natural. You're like, everybody thinks they got the greatest kids, but they're the greatest athletes, they're the smartest kids. I'm a realist, okay? Mm-hmm. I am a realist. I try to be the ultimate realist. It wasn't until my kids got to sophomore, junior year until I said, you know what? I think they got a shot. Mm-hmm. I think they got a chance. Because I've just seen so many kids – start off very well, looking so good, and they fizzle out. Uh, you know, maybe they don't grow anymore. Maybe they just kind of lose the passion. Maybe the parents were just on them so hard that they just were burnt out. Mm-hmm. And that's I never wanted to do that. I didn't right. want to burn the kids out. I just wanted them to continue to enjoy. And then it got to a point where I said, okay, listen, if this is something you want to do, let me tell you what I think you got missing, what mm-hmm. I think you need to work on. If you really want to play big-time college football, if you want to go D1 or, or whatever your aspiration is, here's what I think you're missing. And out of the three oldest boys, who do you think listened to me best? Aaron, who listened the best? You know, I would <laughs> if, I would. If you had to choose. <laughs> yes, I, I already know. I already know. So I'm going to say my, my child at Iowa is probably the one who – really accepted the challenge of everything that I said. Everything, literally. um, Everything I said. So, um, you know, he dedicated himself to the weight room. He dedicated himself to nutrition. Um, He got the correct rest for his body so he could grow. Um, Now, my son CJ was very naturally talented, Mm -hmm. but probably didn't love the game. Mm-hmm. As much, uh, you know, he he did it because he could do it because he was good. He didn't have to put that much effort into it, and he was still good. 
And if you look at C.J. Johnson, he still has most of the receiving records for the state of Nebraska. And the kid probably, if he would have put in some real, real time, oh, man, he would have. The start, it, it would have, you would have, I mean, who knows where he could have gone is what I'm saying. But, mm-hmm. you know, you have to accept those things sometimes and be okay. You can't just pound on the kid when the passion ain't there. And that was something I was willing to accept. Now, Cade loved the game, but probably was allergic to the weight room. Okay? <laughs> he probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his passion to baby lift and things like that probably wasn't as high as it should have been. And both of them told Keegan, hey, I said, hey, tell Keegan, what would you have done different? Because they're mm-hmm. five years apart. Cade yeah. and Keegan are five years apart. Mm-hmm. What would you have done different? Both of them said, dedicate my time to the weight room. They both told him that. And working on my body and working on, um, you know, skill work and just trying to get ahead of the game. And I'm going to tell you, Keegan took that advice. He did. And uh, Keegan came to me and said, hey, Dad, listen, I'm, I'm not going to be some great basketball player so i would love to stop doing that because i can't gain weight like i want to and i want to dedicate my time to lifting i said okay listen if you're not going to do that if you're not going to play basketball i i fully expect for you to put the time in like you said and he did so i mean it was great he lifted not only in high school but he lifted outside of high school yeah, he we got him a i got him a um a membership at Genesis and a few other places. And, man, he, he was constantly lifting. So you it know, shows. Mister, <laughs> the thing that you've done for your boys and the tutelage you've given them and allowing CJ, who went to uh, Wyoming, Keegan, I mean, Cade, who is now with the Seattle Seahawks, went to South Dakota State, and obviously Keegan that's at uh, Iowa right now. In fact, I talked with Coach Ferens just on Saturday night at the Remington Award, and he is just heads over heels about the work ethic of Keegan. And to see him on TV, um, it's just it's just so cool to see how those kids have found their own journeys and the toolage you gave them. Uh, so like you said, man, our families are intertwined, have always been since before the kids were born. In fact, I remember when CJ, yep. when Cade was born, I was watching <laughs> CJ, he was in the crib. You know, we were at the apartments. <laughs> and I said, this kid has no sure idea was. what just took place, sure man. <laughs> Cuss, man, I can't tell you how fun this first hour was with you, man. We appreciate your time. We appreciate the wisdom. And, brother, we wish you continued success. We wish Keegan, Kate, and CJ continued success. And, brother, man, I can't tell you, the older we get, there's something that Coach Osborne told us. He goes, guys, the older you get, the more you're going to appreciate the relationships you had in this locker room. And, brother, you're definitely one of those. I miss you and appreciate you, and I appreciate those times, man. Appreciate you, Tank. The feeling is mutual, and fellas, thanks for having me on. We, we're we're going to have to do it again. We're definitely going to do it definitely. again, fellas. Thanks a bunch. Thank you, Cluster. Thank you, man. This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. 
How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.